everyone. I'm Ingrid Dietz, the Staff Advisor of the DBSA Young Adult Council. In our podcast today, we'll be talking about inpatient hospitalization for mental health conditions. For this topic, we're very happy to be able to be joined by author and mental health advocate, Linnea Johnson. Hi, Linnea. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Ingrid. It's great to be back. I'm I'm excited to talk about this issue. Yeah, me too. As you know, I was hospitalized when I was 20 due to depression, and it really did turn out to be the best thing for me at the time, but it was really difficult to deal with both while I was inpatient and also just after I was released. Um, I really hope that our talk today can help others who are going through similar things. Yeah, I hope so too. It's a tough topic for a lot of people. Yeah. Do you want to share um, what your experiences were with hospitalization for mental health concerns? Sure. So I've been hospitalized three times in my life. Um, I was hospitalized twice for depression and once for mania. I had bipolar. And um, the first time was horrible. (laughs) Um, The first time was terrifying just from the very start. I started by having an eight-hour wait in the emergency room, and then I had to be taken in an ambulance to the nearest bed. It was really hard. I didn't understand why I had to ride in an ambulance when I could have been driven by my parents. Sure. Um, but it's just part of the technicality that you can't ride with anyone else. And so they strapped me to a gurney and everything, and I felt like, you know, some, quote, crazy person that they were locking up, having them strap me down and taking in an ambulance. And it was just wow. like a movie. It was terrifying. So when I first... Yeah, it was a lot. Um, when I first got to the hospital, it, you know, it felt a little less scary because the, the hospital I was first at was a campus hospital, so there were a lot of young people my age. Um, I didn't really know how to deal with being in this space where the doors were locked and I couldn't leave. Um, eventually, during that hospitalization, I they realized that I was actually much Sicker, I don't really like to use that word, but that's the best way to describe it. Sicker than they knew that I was, and they realized I needed to be in a different hospital that could help a more acute patient like me. So they put me in another ambulance, and they took me to Seattle's number one trauma hospital. Um, And there they put me on a crisis unit for the patients that were having the hardest times, and it was... Again, like a movie, I mean, people were coming into the ward handcuffed to wheelchairs, and it felt like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. Um, I was only 19, and someone would sit on a stool outside my room and watch me 24 hours a day. I was never alone. Um, They didn't have classes or anything because everyone was just, not well enough to actually even go to therapy. Um, But this is a really, that's a worst-case scenario, and that was just my first experience. Eventually, I got stepped down to the regular unit, and that was nothing like that. It was much better. There were classes I could go to, and I made friends, and there were people I connected with. So that was a lot better. But that was kind of my first hospital experience. Experience and it was kind of traumatic. Oh, I'm sure. It sounds like it. 
Yeah, but actually, I think it's important for me to talk about what my last experience was like. Um, I was hospitalized again about three years ago, and it was totally different. It was not scary at all. It was like the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, I knew that I wanted to be hospitalized because I had started hurting myself again. Um, So I was the one that actually asked for it. I was really prepared. I set up a psychiatric advance directive. I signed paperwork so my parents could talk to my insurance company. Um, I went to my psychiatrist before the hospital and told him that I wanted to be hospitalized. And he was able to work with his assistant and make phone calls and find me a bed in the best hospital without even an emergency room wait. So it was awesome. And I felt totally in control of everything. Um, The hospital that I went to was nice and I had my own room and there was even a courtyard I could go outside in. Um, It didn't cost any more. It just was knowing, you know, going to my psychiatrist and knowing the right hospital to go to, and now I know that that's my first choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that part of your advanced directive is kind of listing that information out? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I definitely, that's my first choice hospital. Um, my advanced directive, I have that I don't want any chemical or physical restraints. Um I also have in my advanced directive that I want electroconvulsive therapy because that works really, really well for me. I know that actually I feel like has more stigma than even mental health because people hear shock therapy and they think of one for the cuckoo's nest and, you know, it used to be really horrible, but now it's totally different. So that's on my advanced directive in case I'm ever psychotic and can't give my consent, I they can still do it because um, it's in my directive. Great. Great. So I know one of the things I really struggled with was once I was released from the hospital, like figuring out the right support for myself. It, you know, you're kind of, in a way, it was kind of a surreal experience that you're, like you said, kind of locked away for a period of time and you're not really interacting with the, the outside world. Um, so I just felt like it was really hard to know what to do with myself and who to tell. And how did how did you handle finding support after you were released from the hospital? That's a great question. Um, I started with my medical support team because I thought that was the most important to get, um, you know, medical support. Not and I'm not saying medical support as in just medications, but also my counselor. So I set up appointments with my psychiatrist and my psychologist while I was actually still in the hospital mm-hmm. so that I could see them both the week that I got out, and then we made a plan. Um, because I had ECT, um, I had a lot of memory loss, and I was all set to go back to work, like, the next week. And um, my doctor was like, do you know the password to your computer? Do you know what floor you work on? Do you know how to get to the bus? And I was like, like I'll figure it out. I just am going to feel it out. And he's like, no, you're not going back to work. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, yeah, so it was good to have someone to like, 
you know, someone that I trusted to like laugh with me and be like, hold on, you need to take care of yourself. Um, and I think that like, for me, seeing people, my support network and having them have a sense of humor, that was paramount because it was like, I had all this memory loss and it would be so easy to be terrified and feel like it's never going to come back. And I saw my psychiatrist for the first time. I was in the waiting room and he came out and he goes, hey, sunshine, remember me? (laughs) And like, and then I was like, yeah. And then the next week he said the same thing. And I said, yeah, and I remember that joke. And like, it was just like, we could laugh about it. And it wasn't like this grave, horrible thing that had happened to me. Right, right. So that was really helpful. Um. And then having my family and friend support network, that was really crucial, too, because um, that week that I was just staying home from work, I was still a little bit depressed. Or I didn't know what to do with myself. So having people that could come over and, like, hang out and talk with me or, like, walk with me to the park where I didn't know how to get there, <laughs> like like, people that could, like, you know, just hang out and, like, be there to support me, that was hugely important as well sure sure did you have trouble telling people and who did you who did you choose to tell that that you had been hospitalized were there people you did tell yeah most of my family knew and then I told my closest friends um those friends that you know you only talk to like every month or so I probably didn't tell them but the people that I see weekly I told um and it was amazing. I had so many people come and visit me in the hospital and bring me cards. And, like, everyone was super supportive and kind of came out of the woodwork. Like, people that I didn't even think would have the time to come visit me, like, made the time. So that was really awesome. Um, I didn't tell a lot of people at work. I only told, like, my close friends. Um, I just didn't feel like it was I don't I don't talk about super personal things at work it wasn't that it was because I had bipolar it was just like I didn't want to talk about something so personal um but you know there's a lot of stigma so also I guess that was probably in my mind too sure I mean it's hard to get away from that I mean it's you know it's something we all fight against of course but it's also very real and can be right figure out yeah. Um, were there were there people that you kind of wish you hadn't told after the fact, or were you pretty um, okay with everybody that you talked to? Did they respond well? And well, there, I think there are always people that are just not gonna get it, and like there were some people that just kind of like their eyes glazed over when I told them. It wasn't like. They didn't act shocked or, like, horrified or anything. They just kind of, like, went blank, and they didn't know how to respond, and they were just, like, kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, whenever those experiences happen for me, I try to really, like, turn it around away from, like, something that my that I personally am doing into, like, how they're feeling mm-hmm. and just to realize that, like, you know, hospitalization, especially for people that don't know about it, is something so terrifying for a lot of people. And 
those people whose eyes glaze over are probably thinking that's like the scariest thing that could happen to them. And they're probably thinking about themselves in that experience. You know, they're not like judging me. They're just like, oh, my gosh, I can't imagine. So I was trying to more be like, you know, kind with their experience because I think they just like they've never experienced that. They don't know how to talk about it. Like, that's really scary to them. They don't even think about it. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it because I think you're probably exactly right. I mean, there are some people that might judge you that just don't understand because of stigma. And, like, sometimes I just have to brush those people off. But most of the time people's hearts are in the right places. They just don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So I, I mentioned at the beginning that, you know, being hospitalized was just terrifying, and I think you you might have used that exact word as well. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, my experience was not as traumatic as yours, um, at least your first experience, and it really did end up being a big help for me. But I always kind of – even now, I mean, it's been a long time, but even now I kind of have this, like, nagging fear that I might get to the point again where I, I do need to be hospitalized. Is that something that you worry about? You know, it used to be, like, my biggest fear. Whenever I got sick, I would just be so terrified that I'd be hospitalized again. I thought that would ruin my life and it would be, like, the worst thing that could happen to me. But after I was hospitalized this last time, it totally resolved that, and I'm not afraid at all anymore because it was such a positive experience. I really felt like I almost—it was almost a proud experience because I was—I was so good at advocating for myself, and it was like such a positive experience. I got the help that I needed. That I actually see hospitalization when it's essential as like a positive thing now. Um, so I'm not afraid anymore, but that took a long time to get there. I used to be so scared. And, yeah, if it happens again, I mean, it sucks. It's gonna, It's so disruptive of your life, and it's really, like, you know, painful. But at the same time, I am someone that I sometimes get really self-destructive, and I need a safe place to be. And so I don't see it as something bad. I see it as just, like, a necessary way to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. So you talked about some things um, that you felt like made your last visit go well, like advanced directives and, you know, kind of knowing the ins and outs. Are there are there other things that you think you'll do or um, – ways that you'll handle hospitalization if you do need to go back at some point? Honestly, I think I want to reiterate the psychiatric advance directive because that is super helpful. Um, Also, even though we didn't really have to use it, just going through the process of creating it, I did it with my family. It brought up some really good conversations for us about the kind of treatment that I wanted and it ha- it asked good questions that made me question what treatment I wanted. So I think that that is hugely helpful, even if, like, way before you ever even might be hospitalized, I think people should do it so that they can at least have options and know what they want or start thinking about the things that they want. I think everyone should have a medical directive, too. 
but um it just starts the conversation it's really helpful yeah i think i think you're absolutely right that it really there are things that you just won't think of unless you see it right, right. on a page so kind of having yeah. there can be really helpful yeah definitely and there's you can just like look it up online and they're online so they're it's not that it's not hard to find you can find them online mhm yeah i think um even on DBSA's website, we have some in our education section, a sample that people can work from. So it's definitely, oh, yeah, great. Definitely something accessible for people to, to look at. Yeah. So if you knew somebody who was either in the hospital right now or had been recently, what would you say to them? Um, I think the first thing I would really say is, don't be afraid to advocate for your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's hard to ask for things you want or to ask for help, but you have the right to choice, and it makes everything better if you are part of that conversation and helping make choices for your care. It makes you get better faster. It makes you work harder. It's really good if if you're working for what you want. So just being the best advocate you can, even if it's little things like this medication makes me gain weight and I don't like it. Like just saying things like that are important. Um, Also, I think it's important to just be kind to yourself and to, you know, know that hospitalizations happen and sometimes we – start to feel bad again, and it's not really our fault. I mean, sure, you can do things to take care of yourself, but everyone gets sick sometimes, and not to beat yourself up about it, just to work from where you are and be kind to yourself. And then I guess the third thing I would say is just don't be afraid to ask for support because you will be amazed by the people that will come out of the woodwork to support you and show you they love you and... It's really scary to ask for help, and sometimes it makes you feel, like, less than or weak, but you're not. You're just – I think asking for help is actually, like, a really strong thing to do. Mm -hmm. So asking for that support to to be around you. Yeah, I definitely definitely agree. I think you hit all of them right on the head there. (laughs) And just like so many things in, in life, but, you know, specifically in mental health, it's just so important to know that you're not the first person that has gone through this. And there are others who have and have gotten better and are there to listen and be supportive. And I just I think it's just such an important topic. And I'm just so thankful that you took the time to talk to us today and really provide those candid real answers. Yeah, thanks. I think it's such an important topic and to know that you're not alone, that other people are going through this and have been through it. Sure. Well, thank you so much for being with us and thank you listeners. We hope that you'll join us again soon for another DBSA Young Adult Council podcast. Be well.